All right. Well, uh, man, like Susanna said, happy Mother's Day. I know that uh, it's a big day, and I was talking to a friend on the way in. He's like, man, you're preaching on Mother's Day. That's kind of a big deal. And I was like, yeah. You know, I thought about maybe trying to make my message reverted to, related to Mother's Day, and I was like, man, I could really mess that up. And my mom is here today, and so I really don't want to do that. And, um, but, no, thank you for all the mothers out there. Uh, you guys are so awesome, and I um, just wanted to say that. But, you know, as I was preparing for my message this week, I was really thinking back to what uh, Jonathan had kind of casted vision for last week and talking about this idea of uh, getting into position. And so if you weren't here, Jonathan kind of just laid out everything that's going on this summer, um, the exciting news around our church house and how it's going to be uh, basically fully renovated by the end of the summer. And uh, we have several small groups meeting up and just a lot of really great things going on. And with that, some of us, uh, some people are moving here. And my wife and I would be included in that. And so she's not here today, but um, we've just been kind of reflecting on the year and everything that's happened this year. And um, we just got a house. And so that's really exciting. And, you know, um, I was I was just thinking back, though, when I was first approached about coming to Manhattan, uh, it was just very inconvenient. And so I, just to give you a picture, my, my wife and I had just finished paying off our student debt, and so that was really exciting, but it was like, man, there's some things we really like to do, you know, we'd really like to maybe start looking at uh, having kids soon, and she was thinking about maybe transitioning jobs, and uh, just as a personal, like, interest, it felt wrong as a KU person and graduate <laughs> to come to Manhattan. It just, it felt very wrong. <clears throat> And so, you know, all those things were, like, in the back of my mind, and it's just like, man, I really don't know if this is in my best interest. It's very inconvenient. But as I was talking to people that I trusted and, and really praying about what to do, I really felt like a clear calling to, like, come and be a part of the team here and, and be, in, be on mission with the team. And, you know, I really think that, like, that is something that God wants us to, like, be aware of, is his mission is far more compelling than any, like, minor inconvenience we might have. And, you know, and so as Ken and I had bought the house, I was thinking back, like, man, it still didn't really change when I was coming. Like, I was spending a lot of money on gas. I had to share a room like I was in college again, uh, and not with a young guy, but with an old guy. And um, (laughs) uh, just really, like, sleeping away from my wife two nights a week. It was, um, you know, it it was inconvenient at the very least. But... I'm so thankful that, like, Kendall and I said yes, because in that, God has, like, done something in us that's that's required a greater amount of trust. And so I want to say that God calls us to do things that are difficult and inconvenient because it requires a greater amount of trust. And so oftentimes, like, as I think about it, it's like, man, as we're moving here and we have a baby on the way and we're moving away from our support system— like, it, it's, it's, you could say that, man, this is a really inconvenient time for us, but really God is asking us to give him a greater level of trust with our lives. And I think that's what God wants to call us into this morning as well for everyone else here. And so if you're like me, you might even relate to knowing of, like, something maybe smaller but still inconvenient of a time God was calling you uh, to follow him. And so maybe uh, this year you felt God was calling you to a greater level of commitment with him, but classes or another obligation got in the way. Or maybe it was um, that you had a new job opportunity that you really felt like God was calling you to step into, but it was a lot greater risk. Maybe the pay wasn't as nice, the hours weren't as flexible, and so you just maybe put that to the side. And maybe there was an unhealthy relationship that God was asking you to step out of, but because of your affection for the person, you, you, you said no. Or maybe God was asking you to step into community, 
and that was difficult and scary, and maybe you have some trust issues or some hurt that you're dealing with, and you couldn't do that. But regardless, man, it seems like we will always have this problem of, like, there will always be an inconvenient time when Jesus calls us, no matter what it is. There will always be something that we can point to and say, hey, this is just not the right time. But I I would really challenge us this morning to consider, like, am I more compelled by the mission of God than these minor inconveniences? And so uh, I I don't want to claim to know every situation here. I don't want to claim to know uh, that, um, man, you need to just suck it up or, you know, hey, just say yes to God. It's easy because it's not always But really, I think that um, right now we can look at the culture and say, man, we're really battling against a culture that would ask you to put your own self-interest, your own comfort, your own convenience above anything else. Right. And the culture would say, hey, if you are looking out for yourself right now, that is actually the best thing. So cut out toxic people in your life. Do the thing that makes most sense for you and your family. Do the thing that makes most sense for your financial stability. And all those things are true, man. We we want to do what's best for our family, and we want to have healthy relationships. But at what expense, right? And and are we putting these inconveniences in the way of of what God is asking us to do? And so in comparison to the culture, the kingdom of God asks, wow, sorry, the kingdom of God asks us to lay down our lives. I mean, it says in Luke 9, Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he says that anyone who would lay down their life would gain it. But anyone who would, lose, uh, who would try and gain their life would lose it. And that's so true uh, for us today. And so it's funny because, you know, it's like, how, do, how can I gain my life? How does the Bible guarantee that I would gain my life when I lay it down? Well, it's not that we're gaining the life that we want, but the life that God wants for us. And so I actually want to look at a few examples uh, in the Gospel of Luke uh, this morning. um, Basically, uh, they're very very small examples that you've probably read over if you've spent any time in the Gospels. Um, They're kind of jam-packed just right there next to each other. And it's not very much scripture, but it's three distinct examples of Jesus calling people to follow him. But each one is unique and has like a level of weight that I think God wants to draw our attention to this morning. And so if you'll open with me to Luke 9, uh, it's in verses 57 through 62, and we'll start in verse 57. So it says, As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Okay, so first thing, man, super small interaction. A person has this really noble response. Maybe he heard Jesus teaching a message, and he said, man, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you'll go. And Jesus says, okay, well, hey, listen, uh, this, miss- this mission is hard, and a lot of times I don't have anywhere to sleep at night. I don't know if you're ready for that, right? So Jesus is calling people to leave the comfort and the convenience of their own home, right? And so um, that, that seems uh, maybe hard to grasp, right? We live in America. Many of us have a roof and shelters over our head. But I think actually just, it actually makes a lot of sense when we consider like how we're coming out of COVID and the pandemic. People are getting a lot more comfortable. You know, people are wanting to be out a little bit more, but also a lot of people maybe are like starting to consider like safety and security as the higher importance in their life, right? That I would be um, more safe and more secure. And that's what's best for me in my life rather than anything that Jesus would call me to. And, I, you know, being on the K-State campus is, is I, one small example that I've noticed is, 
like just even uh, playing uh, pickup basketball, right? I, I had heard like these rumors that K-State uh, Rec Center would be busy from like 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. You could play pickup basketball eight hours a day. Uh, you could always find a game. And then I go, and it's like, man, there's literally the same 15 people for a couple hours, and that's it. It's like, well, why is that, man? And I think a part of it could be that people are really just wanting to stay drawn back. But I would offer that Jesus, Jesus is asking people to step out of the comfort of, like, their own home and maybe take some more risks and really, like, follow the mission that he's called them to. And so let's keep continuing verse 59. Second example here. So to another he said, follow me. But Jesus said, or sorry, to another Jesus said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, well, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. So another, another just quick interaction, right? Someone, Jesus tells someone to follow them and they said, well, hey, let me go first bury my father. It's like, well, man, why was Jesus' response so harsh here? Why did, why did he tell them not to go bury his dad? What's up with that? That doesn't seem right. Like, I don't understand that. But uh, I think the wording here is important, and the context is important. So if you'll notice, um, the language used isn't that, man, my father just died. I'm really mourning with my family. Let me go and spend time with them. Or, man, I need to go be with my mother right now. She's the only one there to take care of my father, and he just passed. But rather, he says, let me go and bury my father. And so actually what's happening here is in, in the custom and in that time, it would, it would be up to somebody in the family to bury the, the lead of the household. And in that, they would receive an inheritance, a, a gain of wealth. And so really what's happening is Jesus calls this person to follow him, and he says, hey, let me go grab my inheritance, and then I'll come and follow you. Right? So really what's happening is Jesus is calling this man to leave the inconvenience of his financial like, stability and come and follow him. Okay, and so I think that's important for us because I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe none of you have ever been like me, where it's uh, easy to put my financial comfort above following Jesus, right? I, but I can think of plenty of times, an example, and even just this week, where man, I put financial stability above following Jesus. But rather, man, we we have to believe that when the Bible says that God cares for the sparrows and the lilies more than He cares for. Um, Sorry, he cares for us more than the lilies and the sparrows, but they have a place to lay their head. Like, man, that's something we can count on. You know, in countless times in the Bible that God is coming through and being a provider, that's something we can count on. And so, man, when, when, when you look at this example, and so it, I just think about all the times I was in college, and I thought, oh, man, if I just had 10 more years to get a job under my belt and gain some money, then I'll follow Jesus. Or I have friends who I've really encouraged, like, man, to consider changing their life and following Jesus. But, man, if, hey, if I just had a little bit more money, man, I, could, I would probably do that, but just not today. Right? And, and I, I can imagine that some of you know somebody with a similar mindset, and maybe that's you. But I promise that God is someone who's worthy of our trust with our, with our finances, that when he calls us, he has a way of meeting every need that we have. <clears throat> And, you know, I just, I think, yeah, just a, just a final point here. That when Jesus calls us, even like in our finances, I, th- I think that this specific example is one that we can, that we can show our, an even greater level of trust. You know, like that was, that was something I said at the beginning, something I really want to hit home on, is that that level of trust, especially with our finances, is one that many people can't let go of. But when we can, that's where we see a lot of freedom.
And so let's see our last example here in verse 61. Yet another man said, I'll follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those in my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. All right, so, man, just another example of someone trying to do, like, the noble thing, right? Okay, Jesus, I'll follow you, but first let me go say goodbye to my family. And Jesus has different plans in mind, right? Just like he normally does. We come to Jesus with something, and he has something different. And, you know, it's interesting, it's strange, like, okay, another example of somebody seemingly wanting to take care of their family, or at least tie up any loose ends, but Jesus says, hey, if you look back, you're not fit for what I have for you. And so, I, you know, I, I, there's a lot I could speculate about why Jesus would say this, and uh, maybe try and defend why Jesus said it this way, but really, I, what I think is most important here is that Jesus is calling each of us to have the deepest level of surrender in our relationship with him that we would surrender to Jesus and what he asks us to do above any other relationship. And that's difficult, man, because a lot of us here is, I mean, it's Mother's Day, we love our moms, or maybe you're really uh, tight with your dad, or, man, you just have a spouse, or maybe even just the value of your kids, right? Like, I would never do anything before I take care of my kids. But Jesus is asking that our deepest level of surrender would be in a relationship with him. And so, uh, you know, I think it's just important that we understand that as, as we are considering laying down our lives and, and asking God to, like, or saying yes to God in a time of inconvenience, the, the life that we want to follow after is one of, like, when I trust God more, he gives me more uh, purpose and fulfillment, more adventure. It, it takes a lot of faith. And, man, these examples, they seem so drastic. But rather, like, man, when we put down what we have and accept what God has, it's worth it every time. And he always has something, and it's worth it every time. And so I think this message is timely. Um, just now as we're here and coming to the summer, it's finals week for our college students. I know that that's a scary time. Trust me, we're praying for you guys. And if you need a place to cry, you know, you can call, call me. Uh, but I, I get it. It's, it's, a, it's a scary week. And, you know, for parents in the room, you got summer sports with your kids or maybe vacations around the, around the corner. I know Kendall and I are going on a baby moon, which we're really excited about. Uh, but typically, you know, the summer is a time to kind of just coast, right, and prepare for just relaxation and rest. You've had uh, nine months of a lot of hard work, and now, man, the summer is your time, and you're going to spend it how you want. But I would ask you to consider, like, that Jesus would be the priority in this season, and that you would ask him, man, Lord, what are you wanting me to step into this summer? What is it that I can say yes to? And if you didn't ask yourself that question, if you didn't ask yourself that question already, then uh, because I said it, now you're thinking about it, right? And so you're put in this weird position of, okay, I've never really said yes to God in an inconvenient time, or maybe I have once, but I wasn't really enjoy- enjoyable, or I didn't, it didn't seem like it went right, and man, I don't know if I could do that again. So man, the question becomes, how do I say yes to Jesus in an inconvenient time? And so uh, I think a response that we can look at is found in actually when Jesus calls the first disciples, specifically uh, Luke, uh, Andrew, James, and John. Okay, And so that's, that's in a lot of the gospel accounts, and I could read it to you, but actually I think the Chosen would do a much better job describing that. And so if you've been here, you've probably seen clips from the Chosen before. I highly recommend that you watch it. It's pretty powerful. It's a show of Jesus from the disciple, disciples' point of view. But in this interaction, we have our main character, Peter, 
who, uh, just like you see in the Gospels, is kind of stubborn and hard-headed a little bit, which that could never be me. But, um, you know, what's great about it is uh, they do a great job of portraying the story of Peter. Basically, he's a fisherman who's fished his whole life, and now he owns a lot of uh, money to the Roman officials. And essentially, he has to stay out all night fishing to catch enough to pay off all his debt. And if he doesn't, then he'll go to jail where he'll be away from his family and things like that. And his brother Andrew comes with him to help, and so do James and John. And and they're out all night fishing, and they don't catch a thing, right? And that's where we'll pick up. But what's important is Andrew has been, in in this story at least, been following John the Baptist. And John the Baptist introduces him to Jesus. He finds out Jesus is the Messiah, and he believes that. <clears throat> and he tells his brother Peter and says, man, you've got to meet this guy. Like, he's amazing. He's an incredible teacher. We found him. And Peter basically blows him off and says, hey, man, like, I've heard the stories. I know the rumors. and I, I don't believe that this teacher from, uh, from Nazareth is, is the guy. And so that's where we'll pick up here um, in this video. So go ahead and let's watch that. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. That's your word. Get out! 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 Get out!
my brother, and the baptizer. <laughs> you are the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long, we believe. But my faith, I'm sorry. Lift up your head, fisherman. What do you want from me? Anything you ask, I will do. Follow me. as well. Yes, you, James and John, come, follow me. I'll take the fish into market and settle up Simon's death. I'll get some help to fill both of these boats. Are you sure? Yes, go. What will you tell Ima? <laughs> You've just been called by the man we prayed for our entire lives. And you ask me, what will I say when you miss supper? <laughs> go, now. All right, so, uh, man, I, hopefully you've seen that before. If you haven't, man, I, I would just encourage you to watch it. It's so powerful, though, uh, just Peter's response in that moment, right, when he has this huge debt, can't pay it off, he's out fishing all night, and he answers the call to just throw his, throw his net in the water one more time. And then I think it's just powerful, the residual effect of everyone who's on looking. You have, uh, there, there's uh, Matthew is watching. The, the, um, there's some other disciples of Jesus that are watching. And just like the disbelief that all of a sudden has turned into faith. And so I think that, um, you know, you can really like summarize this Peter's response pretty simply. He uh, repented, trusted in Jesus, and answered the call to follow him, right? And so repent is a big Christian word. You hear it all the time. It's a simple meaning, though. It, it literally means to turn from one way of living and turn to God in the way that he's asking you to live, right? And then comes trusting in Jesus, Right? When we believe in him and trust in him and say yes to the plans that he has for us, he may, has a way of just making things like come to life, come to fruition. I mean, just look at what happened with Peter, right? And then and, and lastly, we say yes over and over again. We just keep saying yes because it's worth it, because he has a way of, of making the things that seem impossible seem possible. And so, you know, I think about still even, like Kendall and I moving here, there were so many things that just didn't add up to move here. You know, we're moving away from support system, the baby's coming, Kendall is, is still going to have to have the baby in Lawrence, and uh, financially, like, it, man, it just doesn't really add up, but man, just when, when God asked us to do this, we knew, like, wow, this is what we're supposed to do, and, and I don't know why, but I just trust that God is going to do something, like, that's going to cause us to grow even more, and, and so it's done that, man. It's caused us to have to think about Wow, like if we do this, it's gonna, it could change our lives forever, you know? And, and that's the power of like saying yes to Jesus, that he could change your life forever. 
And so maybe for you uh, this summer, man, it looks like saying yes to an opportunity that uh, your church is having back home for you to step into as a college student. You're going home, and maybe you just thought about attending on Sundays, and that would be that. But maybe there's an opportunity for you to step into a small group there and really be impacted by leaders there. Maybe uh, it looks like joining a, a summer Bible study that we have going on here, right, and, and, and stepping into a new level of vulnerability, stepping into a new community, right? Maybe, you, maybe you're just uh, trying to follow Jesus the best you can, and uh, you've actually never given your life to him. And he's asking you to do that in that, this moment right now, or ask, asking you to consider making him Lord if you've never done that before, that you would could take every decision before him. But I really believe that God has a way of like showing up in the middle of our mess and just like blowing out of the water just by, just by saying yes, even in, in an inconvenient time. And so this morning, man, I would, an, I would just ask you to consider, like, will you answer that call? Will you be like Peter and just man, you've, you're on your last leg, you feel like you've got nothing left, and you just throw the net in the water and let God, like, like blow your mind. Will you let him like, increase your expectations? Will you answer the call? All right, uh, let me pray for us. God, I just thank you that when we say yes to you, it's always worth it, God, that you, even in an inconvenient time, God, that you... Um, you, you ask us with greater levels of trust because you know what it will produce in us. God, I thank you that um, in the uncertainty, in, the, in just the midst of everything going on in our lives, in our world, where it seems like things um, are just so, so down and out, God, that we can trust you. That you're worthy of our trust. You're worthy of our yes. God, I pray each person in here would experience you this week. They would encounter you that you would reach out to them and they would be willing to have the courage and the boldness to ask, Jesus, what do you want from me? Like, what is it that you're asking me to say yes to? They would even have the boldness to ask, God, that you would meet them in that place. So, God, we thank you that this week is going to be the start of of a great summer, that we're going to say yes to whatever you have for us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.